0: Goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Shomler. this is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Wednesday, February 28th, the last day of February. Man, I feel so bad for the people around me. Uh, I'm recording at, it is 11.56pm, which, whew, it's been a long day, it's been a long week. I, I have a, I've been dealing with a blood clot this week, I'm incredibly sick. Uh, my cat actually died today, which is—I mean, it's sad. It's awful. It's—it's it's an old cat. Kind of knew it was coming, but it's still really sad. Really sucks. Uh, and it's funny. I get—I had a comment today that asked, you know, you should do something better with your thumbnails. You know, it's—it's almost midnight, and I'm, I'm recording a podcast. I mean, look, I, there are so many things I want to do with this podcast someday. But the truth is, I mean, I have three jobs. I take 18 credits in school, and and I try to do a podcast three days a week, and I. I'm doing everything I can to make this the best show I possibly can. But, I mean, look, I I can't do it all, and someday I think it's going to be much better. But for right now, until this is my full time job, not not I can't. I'm, I'm really I'm doing the best I possibly can. I promise. Uh, you know, I I played a game last night. I played flag football in the snow, and for the first time in my entire life, I won a game. Oh, I won a football game. In negative thirty-two and below thirty-two degrees weather and below freezing temperatures, I won a football game and I was so happy. It was awesome. It was great. I remember in the playoffs, um, I I lost in in high school in the playoffs. I never won a game with freezing temperatures. I never won a game in the snow. I lived on the west side of Washington. Every time I would come to the east side of Washington to play a later round playoff game, it was freezing cold and I could never win. And so it was finally it was cool to secure a win in freezing temperatures. And it's funny, I talked with a friend today uh, and she was reminiscing about high school and talking about, she remembers that cold weather game. She remembers going to cold weather games really far away, but all she really remembers was the game was super cold and we lost. And it's funny, I mean, that was only three years ago. It's funny how over time details fade away from our memory. Over time details fade. We remember headlines. We remember that most important things. You know, my cat died, I've crashed my car, lost in the playoffs, went to Disneyland. We remember very short sentences that kind of abbreviate or summarize what happened in that event. We don't remember the, the big details. Well, here's a sentence for you. The Patriots traded away Jimmy Garoppolo. Context matters. I mean, context does matter. But I wonder, in 20 years, what are we going to remember from the Jimmy Garoppolo trade? Okay, so context matters. The Patriots, when they traded away Jimmy Garoppolo, the Patriots had Tom Brady. And Tom Brady led the NFL in passing last season. Tom Brady was the MVP. However, Tom Brady was also pushing 40 years old. And, and this would have been justified. Trading Jimmy Garoppolo would have been justified, I believe, if, they, if the Patriots had won another Super Bowl. However, <laughs> the Patriots lost. The Patriots were unable to win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, you look back. The two greatest quarterbacks of all time. Pick one or the other. doesn't really matter. We can agree on this. The two greatest quarterbacks of all time are Joe Montana and Tom Brady. And when Joe Montana got old, the 49ers traded him to the Kansas City Chiefs. They took Joe Montana, they cast him aside, and they passed the torch on to Steve Young. And in 1994, the 49ers won another Super Bowl. Actually, to be more specific, because some of you guys really care, it was a 1994 season. I believe it was January 29th, 1995 that they won the Super Bowl. Regardless, they decided to move on. And they won a Super Bowl because of their decision. Now, the Patriots chose a different path. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But the Patriots had their successor to Tom Brady. And they chose to pass on him. The Patriots decided to, instead of go with the successor, Jimmy Garoppolo, the Patriots decided to stick with Tom Brady. And I believe this would have been justified. The trade would have been justified if the Patriots had won a Super Bowl. And it still could be justified if the Patriots can win another Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Then it all makes sense because I think it's worth it. Winning a Super Bowl is well worth every other sacrifice. But the opposite could be true. It could be well worth it. It could be justified and it could be a horrendous decision. It could be embarrassing because as time passes and as details are forgotten, remember my friend does not remember that football game three years ago. All my friend remembers was it was cold and we lost. Doesn't remember that it was a hard fight victory. Doesn't remember that I broke every school record. Doesn't remember all the details that mattered. What he remembered was we lost and it was cold. And as time passes and as details fade, I wonder what kind of weight this sentence will hold. The Patriots had Jimmy Garoppolo and they decided to trade him away. What are we going to think about in 20 years? What are we going to remember when we hear that sentence? Did Jimmy Garoppolo win a bunch of Super Bowls? Was it worth it because Tom Brady won a Super Bowl? I don't know. But I'm pointing out that in reflection of that trade right now, it doesn't look good for the Patriots. And I'm, I'm really curious to see what time will tell for us. What will we say in 20 years from now? When we look back on the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, what will we remember? I'm so excited and so curious to find out. <clears throat> Man, I'm sick. I'm going to I'm taking this Alka-Seltzer. It's really gross. <sighs> Turned 21 in a couple weeks. That's what alcohol basically the same stuff. That that stuff's awful. But I mean I have a very fun podcast planned. I got to say, um this podcast was incredibly challenging to prepare for because it's so it was so research-oriented and so detail-oriented, uh, but it's an incredibly thought-provoking podcast. I think and believe this podcast episode will be incredibly interesting. It'll make you think. It'll challenge your beliefs, and I think it's going to be really fun. I really, really am excited for this one. I, I think this is a a special podcast. It's, it's hard to do a podcast on the last day of February. I mean, there's really not much going on, and I'm really proud of – I think I keep creating interesting stuff, and I'm really, really excited to share this today. We're going to talk about a lot about quarterbacks. We're going to talk about Deshaun Kaiser. We're going to compare Deshaun Kaiser to Sam Darnold. We'll talk about Lamar Jackson. We're going to talk about the 49ers free agency, because the 49ers need a corner. Who should they pursue? And we're going to talk about some silliness in baseball. The reason why I'm recording before midnight, though, is because there's a big story involving Odell Beckham Jr. And I wanted to get that out first before anybody else can talk about it. So that's why I'm recording now instead of tomorrow morning. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Dude, we are at 580 subscribers. (laughs) Two shows ago... I was excited about getting to 500. It's unbelievable. We are growing at ridiculously fast, crazy rates. Continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever it is. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. So before we get to anything else, let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. reportedly wants a contract worth over $20 $20 million, $20 million per year. <laughs> Man, a lot of people want things. And I, I, my, I, my dad had a saying, and it's one of my favorite saying, my dad has a lot of sayings. They're all really great. My dad used to say when he, my dad would say, and people in Baptist hell want ice water. <laughs> As if to say, you can wish for whatever you want, but it does not mean you're going to get it. <laughs> Basically, this this is not going to happen. Um, yeah, I, look, I really want a studio. I want to do a live show. I want to hire a producer, but I have to earn it. I have to get there. I can't just magically wish for things to happen and have it happen the next day. And if I'm going to give, if I'm going to give a receiver a hu- anybody really, but especially a receiver. But if I'm going to give anybody a huge contract. One of the things I'm paying for is maturity. If I'm going to hire a producer, I'm going to get a guy who's mature that I can rely on, that I can trust, that I think is a grown-up. Odell Beckham Jr. is not a grown-up. You know who I would consider giving a $20 million contract to? Julio Jones. The most responsible, or like a a Larry Fitzgerald type. A guy who's responsible, does his job, keeps his mouth shut, and shows up every single day for work with a good attitude. For some context, Julio, Julio Jones my my favorite receiver in the NFL is either him or Antonio Brown. Julio Jones makes 12 million dollars a year. Antonio Brown was the highest paid receiver ever. He makes uh, he makes 17 million dollars a year. I think it's so funny. At 20 million, are you kidding me? Here's one thing that will happen. Here's what will happen tomorrow. This is why I wanted to get my podcast out early. My favorite broadcaster, Colin Cowherd, is going to come out tomorrow and say, he's going to make some analogy saying that receivers are like icing on a cake, that receivers don't matter. Let me tell you what, receivers matter. Receivers are very important. They're not maybe as important as an offensive line or a defensive front, which rushes a quarterback. And I do believe the best quarterbacks can win with an average receiving core. The best quarterbacks can make do with average receivers. But my goodness, having a good receiving core helps. Having good receiving core receivers makes a world of difference. I play in a rec league flag football. I play rec league flag football. I'm a damn good quarterback, by the way. I played in college a little bit. We are incredible. My team smokes people. My football team wins 86 to 22. We put up crazy numbers. We tore up a team last night. We had our first playoff game. I won and freezing uh, temperatures. It was awesome. It was fun, but man, we we just tore this team up. We're throwing back shoulder passes. We're doing all kinds of stuff. It's funny, like even when guys are step for step with my best receiver Jesse, I can throw it on the back shoulder and I know he's going to make the adjustment and catch the ball. I had a throw last night. We ran a a, a wheel post uh, route, which had a crosser and got the the wheel wide open down wide open down the seam. I don't know if that makes any sense down the sideline. I threw a ball down the sideline. Drew comes out of nowhere, puts one hand out and catches it one-handed. That is why receivers matter. The reason why we win 86 to 22 is cuz we have fantastic receivers. Receivers matter. Having great receivers makes a huge difference for a quarterback. It means you can take advantage of one-on-one matchups, it means you can make it makes it easier to beat a defense if you have great receivers. Don't let anyone tell you receivers don't matter. Is having great receivers, obviously, very obviously, makes a quarterback's job much, much easier. So receivers matter. Receivers are important, but we should not make Odell Beckham Jr. the highest paid wide receiver in the league. I, I would not make, I don't know that I'd make a receiver the highest paid person on my football team. I, I don't. Uh, receivers are great. They're hugely important. But I'm not paying $20 million for a wide receiver. I just I'm not. It's not happening. Especially not Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr, who's coming off an injury. He has immaturity issues. He can pre- if Odell Beckham Jr can keep his mouth shut, stay mature and deliver the best season we've ever seen, then we can talk. If Odell Beckham Jr comes out and has an incredible season, fine. We can have a conversation about making you the highest paid receiver in NFL history, but not now, not, heck no, not right now, Odell Beckham Jr. needs to prove his worth, and he needs to prove that he is mature enough to handle being a professional football player, come on, highest paid receiver in the NFL, highest paid receiver in NFL history, not Odell Beckham Jr., over my dead body, no way, not happening, so Odell Beckham Jr. needs to mature, needs to grow up, and needs to show a little bit more productivity, Before we even have a conversation, a rational conversation, about giving him $20 million a year. Confirmation bias. Does anybody know what that is? Anybody know what confirmation bias is? A confirmation bias is the tendency to take new evidence and interpret it as evidence that confirms your current or existing beliefs. Now, I fight this really hard, but this is something I really, really struggle with. It's hard to take a new story and say, oh, how can this? It's hard not to. It's hard not to take new information and say, how can this support my current beliefs? I do it all the time. It's, it's something I fight, but I try to be honest with you guys. I try to be very upfront and open. It's something I struggle with. It's something I'm fighting with. I want to be better, and, and I'm doing everything I can. But what I do from time to time is I sit down and I challenge my beliefs. I'm not perfect, but when I form an opinion, I try to look at both sides of every single argument. And, and when you look at both sides of an argument, what this does is sometimes causes you to change your mind. So th- there are two big opinions I've made recently. I've said that Lamar Jackson, I'm concerned about him being an NFL quarterback. And I've said that I do not believe in Deshaun Kaiser as a franchise quarterback. Those are two opinions I've had for a long time. Well, what I did last night and recently, I've sat down, I took a step back, I sat down and I looked at everybody shouting on either side. What are people saying in favor of Deshaun Kaiser? What are people saying in support against Deshaun Kaiser? And honestly, that didn't really help me. But what it did is it made me consider every option. and, And I really tried to come up with every kind of rebuttal and everything I possibly could. I tried to really, really find a way to defend my opinion. And what this ended up doing was making me reevaluate the way I saw things. So if nothing else, please, what, I'm, what I'm afraid of, I guess, with this topic is people are going to say, oh, you're a flopper. You're a flip flopper. No, I, I'm, I'm a rational person. There's a saying Colin Coward says, he says, I want to get it right. I don't want to be right. And I think that's very humbling. I think it's very important because if you're so staunch, this is how it is. And I'll never change my mind. You miss a lot of important things. So I sat down, I wrote it all out, and I did. I, I evolved my opinions a little bit. I'm very excited to share with you guys. I think it's it's an important thing to do. I hope I encourage you to do it. Uh, I, you see this in politics all the time. People get so stuck with their their side of things. They don't actually take a chance and listen to both sides of an argument. That's uh, probably the most politics I'll ever talk, but with the way I land politically, I try to not pick a side. I try to really listen and hear what both sides of every argument are saying. So if nothing else, if nothing else— I think this should be an incredibly interesting topic. I think this topic will probably make you, it'll make you think. It'll really challenge, I think, the way you look at certain players and certain NFL players. And I think it might challenge your beliefs. And I I think that's fun. I like doing that. I'm very excited. So let's jump into it. I have very strongly opposed Deshaun Kaiser. And I've said time and time again, Deshaun Kaiser is not... The guy the Browns should rely on. I have said the Browns should draft Sam Darnold with the number one overall pick. I took a step back. I offered every single counter I could possibly offer to that opinion. I really, the thing is now, after I've done that, I'm a lot less sure of what I believed before. I really have my doubts. I thought so strongly the Browns should take Deshaun Kaiser number one. Or Deshaun, I said the Browns should take Sam Darnold number one overall, and I was so so strongly set on that. And when I really looked at it, mm, I don't know. I'm going to argue in defense of Deshaun Kaiser. So is Sam Darnold? Heck, is is Josh Allen? Are any of these rookie quarterbacks really a better option for the Browns? Than Deshaun Kaiser is next season. Deshaun Kaiser or Sam Darnold? What's a better option for the Browns? Let's start by talking about Sam Darnold. Here's what I have said about Sam Darnold in the past. Sam Darnold is not ready to dominate the. He's not ready to dominate the NFL right now. Sam Darnold has a lot of room to grow. There's going to be significant growing pains. I've said the Browns should draft Sam Darnold. And be patient. I've said he's going to struggle. He's not going to look great at first. But you got to be patient. Invest a lot of time and a lot of resources into Sam Darnold. That is what I've said about Sam Darnold. I've also said that Sam Darnold has a bunch of natural gifts. I've said, look, he's an incredible athlete. He's got a big arm. He's a huge kid. He is made for, to play in Cleveland weather. To play in that cold, swirling winds. A guy like Sam Darnold is made for that kind of weather. The key, though, is that Sam Darnold is the youngest quarterback in this year's NFL draft. And the key, again, is I've said you need to be patient. I've said the Browns need to relax, let him grow, let him make mistakes, and that Sam Darnold has a ton of potential. So these are all things I have said. And these are all things many people have said. These are commonly held beliefs. that Sam Darnold is young. He's going to make mistakes, but he has a ton of potential. And I've said the Browns need to draft him and be Patient. <clears throat> so I think it's interesting. Um, Sam Darnold in Cleveland sounds a lot like Deshaun Kaiser last year. If you draft Sam Darnold, it's just a repeat of Deshaun Kaiser last season. It's the same guy. Guy, I hate it when I'm wrong. I don't like it when I'm wrong. And it's funny, a few people in the comment section were viciously screaming this for weeks and a lot of people have agreed with me and a lot of people have said I'm wrong I don't know where I stand but I know this I remember when Deshaun Kaiser was coming out for the NFL draft Deshaun Kaiser last year was considered a possible number one overall pick people were so excited about Deshaun Kaiser everybody said well he's the youngest quarterback in this year's NFL draft sound familiar and they said teams would have to be patient Team said Deshaun Kaiser last year was a huge kid with tons of natural ability. He's really raw. He's going to struggle at first, but he'll figure it out eventually. Who does that sound like? It sounds like Sam Darnold. See, the funny thing is, Sam Darnold and Deshaun Kaiser are basically the same guy on paper. On paper, if you look at everything you can say about Sam Darnold, it's the same thing people said about Deshaun Kaiser last year. It's hilarious. Here's a great argument against Sam Darnold in Cleveland. If the Browns were to draft Sam Darnold, they would basically be restarting a new process of teaching a guy and having patience. They already started that process with Deshaun Kaiser last year. If you're going to do that, why not just continue the process you started last year with Deshaun Kaiser? Honestly, that that's actually a I think a good argument in favor of Deshaun Kaiser. You're going to hit the reboot button and do the same thing you did last year? I mean, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you do invest in Deshaun Kaiser. You know, there's an alarming stat. Deshaun Kaiser threw 11 touchdowns and 22 interceptions last year. He threw two times as many interceptions than he did touchdowns. Again, 11, uh, 11 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. That's scary. However, then you look at a guy like Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning was awful. He threw so many interceptions his rookie year. Peyton Manning, 26 touchdowns, which, is, sure, it's better than Deshaun Kaiser, but 28 interceptions. Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions in a 16 game season his rookie year. So last night, I went down a rabbit hole. I, I did. I watched every single game Deshaun Kaiser played. Last season in the NFL, I started in my bed and I ended up in front of my desk. I I was, I was laying in bed watching on my phone and I just got excited. I needed a notebook and I watched every single game. Deshaun Kaiser played last year for the Browns, every single snap, taking notes vigorously. And what I saw was a lot of bad mistakes and honestly, a lot of great moments as well. Deshaun Kaiser at times, man, that dude looked incredible. There were things I was like, "Wow, this this guy's a rookie," and, and then you'd see the rookie mistakes. But there were times he'd move in the pocket. He would just—he really did show some great flashes. And what's funny about watching Deshaun Kaiser last night is that's about exactly what I would expect to see from Sam Darnold next season if the Browns were to draft Sam Darnold. It really would be. It really would be. So if the Browns do commit to Deshaun Kaiser, that would be an incredible scenario for the Browns. It would be great. The Browns could draft Saquon Barkley number one overall, and then they could draft Bradley Chubb with the number four overall pick. Here's what you would have if you did that. If you decided to commit to Deshaun Kaiser and draft that way, what you would have is a franchise quarterback, a fantastic running back, and two crazy, scary defensive ends. you would have Bradley Chubb on one side and Miles Garrett on the other, and every single quarterback you would play would be terrified. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the truth is the Browns are too afraid of being the team that doesn't draft one of these quarterbacks. They don't want to be the team that passed on Sam Darnold, and in 10 years, Sam Darnold is a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's really the fear, I believe. But but why not? Why not commit to to Deshaun Kaiser? Why not? You've already put a year into Deshaun Kaiser. Why give up now? Why give up and start a new process with just another guy? I would kill to know what the Browns are thinking. I would love to know what Hugh Jackson really thinks of Deshaun Kaiser. I really would. Does Hugh Jackson have any faith in Deshaun Kaiser? I mean, it seemed like they did. And then they benched him. He he started fifteen of their sixteen games, which is the benched game was weird. I, I didn't know what to make of it. I really didn't. It was it's a, a weird occurrence. I don't know. There's clearly some mixed feelings about Deshaun Kaiser, and I don't know. It might serve them well to just commit to Deshaun Kaiser. It really might. Now my biggest knock on Deshaun Kaiser is that Deshaun Kaiser was out past one AM on the Friday before a game. So games on Sunday, Deshaun Kaiser was out till 1 a.m. on Friday night. <clears throat> you can't do that. You cannot do that. You can't be a starting quarterback in the NFL and do that. But I'm willing to say, look, Deshaun Kaiser was a 21-year-old kid. And I don't think this will ever, ever happen again. I really don't. I mean, I don't, Deshaun Kaiser's from Toledo, Ohio. So I, I just think it's worth discussing. I think it's worth talking about. Hey, Deshaun Kaiser's made mistakes, but I think he'll grow. I think we can forgive him for his mistakes. I don't know. It's really, I'm really curious what Browns fans think of Deshaun Kaiser. Should the Browns give up on Deshaun Kaiser and start over, start another process, the same one you did last year, start a new process with Sam Darnold. To me, that almost seems silly. It doesn't really make sense. That seems counterproductive. To waste another, not necessarily waste a draft pick, but use a draft pick to do the same thing you did last year. I don't know. I've never met Deshaun Kaiser. I have no idea. I've met Sam Darnold. I can tell you what. Sam Darnold is a competitor. But I don't know. I think it's incredibly interesting what do you think the Browns should do? What do you, Browns fans, what do you think the Browns should do? I'm incredibly interested to hear your opinion. I think they're going to draft probably Sam Darnold or Josh Allen, but I don't know. It it was worth a discussion, I think. Sean Kaiser's definitely worth a debate. Should the Browns just commit to him? That's worth a conversation. <sighs> Drink some Alka-Seltzer. Is that what it's called? I think Alka are Plus. Ugh, it's disgusting. Ugh, it's not good. Uh I don't know. I don't know. And I think it's funny. The more I watch all of these quarterbacks, the less I feel like I know. The less sure I feel of my opinions, honestly. I don't know. I mean, we have Josh Rosen. Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Luke Falk. Feels like we have more quarterbacks than we know what to do with. And it seems like all of these guys could have success down the road. And that, that can't be possible statistically, right? One of these guys has to fail. I think it's funny. We're reading NFL mock drafts, and these guys have no clue. The people writing mock drafts have no idea. I understand this is a hard time of year to cover sports. But these mock drafts, I mean, they are created to create storylines. They, they're simply there to get headlines. See, my, my interpretation, what I thought mock drafts were, was to use your insider knowledge, to use your connections with scouts, to hear what their opinion was, and then make educated guesses reflecting what scouts are thinking and kind of predicting what might happen. That is not what's going on. I'm reading headlines like the Bengals are finding a way to replace Andy Dalton with Lamar Jackson or the Browns trade for Andrew Luck. These are not realistic scenarios. Come on. Come on. I I understand. We all want to be the guy that spotted Russell Wilson first. We really do. I'm guilty of this. We all want to be geniuses that can predict the future. The truth is. We cannot predict the future. I mean, let's be honest. I'll be very honest. I have no idea. When I when I look at these quarterbacks, I have no clue which one of them will be the best. I wish I did. Last year I knew. Last year I, I had a strong belief, Deshaun Watson, the guy from Clemson, that dude was the head and shoulders above everybody else. But this year I don't know. And it, it's clear reading all these mock drafts nobody has any idea either. Everybody has, everybody's just taking shots in the dark. Nobody knows which one of these guys is the best. It's, it's very true. Lamar Jackson's being told to switch the receiver. Some people are saying that Andrew Luck's going to the Browns. Nobody has any idea what is going to happen in this year's NFL draft. And that is why it is so exciting. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see what happens. I can't wait to watch what happens. And react to it and share my opinions. I don't. I can't predict the future, but I, I can tell you what I can offer very interesting analysis of what will happen, and that will be fun. Can't wait for April. I cannot wait for the NFL draft. <clears throat> Somebody called me racist the other day. Uh, someone called me racist because I said Lamar Jackson was a better runner than a thrower. And should consider playing receiver. So I want to defend myself here. Because I'm not racist. I'm not. I don't speak for others. But my criticisms of Lamar Jackson have nothing to do with race. And I will staunchly defend myself. I don't treat Lamar Jackson any differently. I think it would be. I criticize everybody. I think it might be racist if I didn't criticize Lamar Jackson because I offer my opinions on every single person in this draft. I don't care if you are black or white or a green alien from Mars. I try to be very fair. I speak matter-of-factly, and I say what I think. I just, I don't know, man. I'll say this. Lamar Jackson is an incredible athlete. And I did, I did say, hey, maybe Lamar Jackson should consider wide receiver. This was an attempt to get Lamar Jackson on the field, because I think he is a special runner. This dude is the best running quarterback we have seen in years, and I I really think it might be a shame if he sits on the sideline. It's sad. It's like a waste of so much great potential. But, But again, this is, Lamar Jackson's the best running quarterback we have seen since Michael Vick. Here's another name for you, Nick Fitzgerald. Nick Fitzgerald is also a run-first quarterback. He's the quarterback at Mississippi State. Unlike Lamar Jackson, I would never suggest that Nick Fitzgerald switch to wide receiver. I would simply tell Nick Fitzgerald to go home. See, I I don't know that Lamar Jackson is an NFL-level passer, but I know that Nick Fitzgerald is not an NFL-level passer. And the problem with a guy like Nick Fitzgerald, a run-first quarterback, he's also not a good enough athlete to play another position in the NFL. See, I really think it's a compliment to Lamar Jackson. It may not be what you want to hear, but Lamar Jackson's an incredible athlete. Now, I did challenge my opinion on Lamar Jackson. I really, I dug deep. I, I watched a ton of film. I challenged my beliefs on, on Lamar Jackson And I want to dive into Lamar Jackson very deeply because I'm offering a rebuttal and kind of a a counterpoint to arguments I've made in the past about Lamar Jackson. Take some water first. Here's one thing I know. Here is one thing I know for a fact about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not a wide receiver. If I'd worked my whole life for something. If I'd worked my whole life for something and not only worked my whole life but I'd had a ton of success. And then I'd someone else walk up to me and tell me to switch positions. Oh, I would hate that. That would make me angry. In fact, let, let's play a scenario. Let's say I build an incredible YouTube channel. I get a million subscribers. And Fox Sports comes up to me and says, Fox Sports says, Zach, we love your work. We love your YouTube channel. We want to hire you as a cameraman. Nope. No way. I'm not switching positions. No way, Jose. Lamar Jackson is a quarterback. And you know why Lamar Jackson is a quarterback? Because Lamar Jackson says he's a quarterback. Lamar Jackson doesn't want to play receiver. Therefore, he would fail at wide receiver. Lamar Jackson would not work at wide receiver. He he doesn't want it. And if you don't want it, you can't make it happen. So that short-lived theory is over. The short-lived theory that Lamar Jackson should switch from quarterback to wide receiver. It's dead. It's over. So, what I did was watch a ton of tape on Lamar Jackson. Today and last night... And I learned a lot. I, I really did. I learned a lot about Lamar Jackson. Uh, there are some. There are two really dumb criticisms. First, I want to say this: so Lamar Jackson. I watched interviews. I watched tape. I love the dude. My goodness, what a what a guy. I mean, it's funny. We have Baker Mayfield, has all kinds of off the field issues. We worry about his maturity. We Josh Rosen, rumors he's a bad teammate. Lamar Jackson is squeaky clean. You can't say a bad thing about him. And you watch an interview with Lamar Jackson. Not only is it hard to not like Lamar Jackson, it's easy to love Lamar Jackson. This dude, I mean, I was watching an interview with Dan Patrick. I'm not a big Dan Patrick guy, but he's a good good interviewer. And uh, Lamar Jackson's talking about how he would have voted for Deshaun Watson for the Heisman. And that's so cool. He's humble. He's great. He's hard to hate. Easy to like. I like Lamar Jackson. I'm I'm rooting for him. Like I'm a fan of his now. After watching him and investing time and kind of learning who he is, I like Lamar Jackson. Good dude. Interesting guy. Now there are two really dumb criticisms of Lamar Jackson I want to talk about right now. The first criticism of Lamar Jackson is that Lamar Jackson has a bad completion percentage. This is a terrible criticism. It's stupid. Lamar Jackson should not slide in the NFL draft because of his completion percentage. So you have you have all these quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson's like the fifth th- uh, thought of quarterback in the NFL draft. Well, Lamar Jackson's completion percentage in college was 57%. Oh, it's alarming. It's bad, right? Then you realize Josh Allen, the quarterback from Wyoming, had a 56% completion percentage. So, so I, I even did this. I talked about Lamar Jackson's Completion percentage, total hypocrite, totally wrong. You can't, you can't criticize Lamar Jackson for having a bad completion percentage, but then love Josh Allen who also has a terrible completion percentage. No consistency there. That doesn't work. Nope. Mm-mm. Not to mention, I watched every single play Lamar Jackson had last year, dude. I, I watched film till like five in the morning. I, I, I stayed up all night. It was crazy. Lamar Jackson. Dealt with so many drops. And when your receivers are dropping passes, that significantly hurts your completion percentage. So that's an unfair criticism of Lamar Jackson. You cannot say Lamar Jackson won't be an NFL quarterback because of his completion percentage. It's not true because of drops, and it's not fair because you're not penalizing Josh Allen for the same thing. Another bad criticism of Lamar Jackson is to say that Lamar Jackson has bad throwing mechanics. That is stupid. There is no correct way to throw a football. Uh, maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers. Like you, you really wish everybody threw the ball like Aaron Rodgers. But if a guy like Phillip Rivers, who has the ugliest throwing motion I've ever seen in my life. If a guy like Philip Rivers can be an NFL quarterback, a, a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback, it doesn't matter. If the ball gets there, it gets there. It doesn't matter. Like, look at my jump shot is pretty broke. But if I was making every single jump shot and it looked ter- it looked terrible, I wouldn't care. Hey, it goes in, doesn't it? I look at Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball's jump shot, pretty weird looking. It goes in. You can't worry about mechanics. Worry about what does the ball get there. And the ball, mm, I don't know. I just don't think you can criticize his mechanics. It'd be nice if he fixed him. It'd be nice. But Philip Rivers has this weird, unorthodox throwing mechanical position. It doesn't make sense. His arm, he's like, he like punches when he throws. It's ridiculous. You can't criticize his mechanics. We'd like him to be better. But hey, mechanics are mechanics. There's no correct way to throw a football. Now, here is my, after watching a ton of Lamar Jackson tape, a lot of footage, watched all these games. I watched... I mean, Lamar Jackson versus Mississippi State versus Clemson, Purdue, Florida State, over and over and over. I watched Lamar Jackson film. Here's what I never saw from Lamar Jackson. This is my one criticism, my one concern of Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> I never saw Lamar Jackson win a game from the pocket concerning how how do you win in the nfl if you're a quarterback the way you win in the nfl is with your arm and from the pocket and lamar jackson relies on running almost every single play now to his credit he has somewhat of a russell wilson quality i mean you watch lamar jackson he he takes a play that should be a sack Lamar Jackson will take a play that should be an eight-yard loss. Scramble out, avoid the play, turn it into either a huge gain or a no gain. I mean, Lamar Jackson makes something out of nothing all the time. Very similar to what Russell Wilson does for the Seahawks. And that's really uncoachable. That's incredible. But Russell Wilson can also win a game throwing from the pocket. And I simply could not find a game where Lamar Jackson did that running is part of his game. Not necessarily bad. And the dude's never gotten hurt. So, I mean, you can't really say, Lamar Jackson will get hurt. I mean, the guy took a ton of hits in college, never got hurt. But, I mean, the way you win in the NFL, plain and simple, the way an NFL quarterback operates is you have to be able to win throwing from the pocket. And we didn't see Lamar Jackson do this. And that, that is alarming. You can't predict Michael Vick. Look, if Lamar Jackson turns out to be the next Michael Vick, I am totally okay with that. I am so okay with being wrong on Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson turns out to be Michael Vick, look, you know what? Michael Vick is one in a million. So if that's what happens, hey, my prediction's dead wrong. But I'm, I'm concerned about Lamar Jackson in the NFL because I have not seen him dominate from the pocket. His arm concerns me. It does. It's the way he plays. I don't know. Maybe I'm dead wrong. I would draft Lamar Jackson. I would because his upside's there. I mean, if the dude can figure it out, oh, my goodness. Lamar Jackson is scary. He's an incredible talent. Now, I also wonder, though, will Lamar Jackson's athleticism be as effective in the NFL as it was in college? Because in the NFL, you're going up against much stronger, faster, better athletes. So everybody he was able to outrun or make miss in college, will that still work in the NFL? I have no idea. Here's what I do know about Lamar Jackson. I know this. Sam Darnold will not have an 80-yard running touchdown next season. But Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson could do that. And that is uncoachable. It is unbelievable. There's a special quality Lamar Jackson has, a Michael Vick-esque type of quality. And we've seen a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of running quarterbacks come out of the NFL draft over the years. And we say, oh, he could be the next Michael Vick. And it never happens. Well, if anybody can be the next Michael Vick, it's Lamar Jackson. If anybody, because Lamar Jackson's the best running quarterback we've seen since the late, the great Michael Vick. If anybody can do it, it's Samar Jackson. There's also a silly criticism of Josh Allen. Uh, it's it's hilarious to me. People say that they're worried that Josh Allen played against bad competition. <laughs> it's like you forget. Well, see, Josh Allen played for Wyoming, which is in the Mountain West Conference. Guess who also played in the Mountain West? Derek Carr. Yeah. <laughs> Pro Bowl quarterback Derek Carr of the Raiders played in the same division, the Mountain West, that Josh Allen played in. It's a silly concern. It makes no sense. You can't say, oh, I'm worried that Josh Allen did not play against good enough talent. Well, uh, Ben Roethlisberger played for Miami of Ohio. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger played against bad, quote-unquote, bad talent in college. Then in his rookie season, took the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Super Bowl. So, look, you either have it or you don't at quarterback. Where you play in college does not seem to matter. Joe Flacco played D1AA. Jimmy Garoppolo played at, like, Iowa, Western State or something. I have no idea. Oh, uh, Illinois? Northern Illinois? No, nope, no, no. Eastern Illinois. Garoppolo played at Eastern Illinois. doesn't matter where you play. It really doesn't. Do you have it or do you not? I don't know whether Josh Allen has it or not, but I know that saying he played against bad competition in the Mountain West, that is a dumb criticism that does not hold up. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, uh, we're going to talk about the 49ers free agency. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best podcast, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast as much as I do, share it with your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Reddit, if you understand Reddit. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports and help me grow this podcast. My name is Zach Schamler. I will be right back. I need water. I'm, I'm dying. I have to cough really bad. I might throw up. I don't know. I'm really sick. I'll be right back. I'm going to grab water. I'll be right back. Geez, it is now 12.50 at night. Uh, before we get to the 49ers free agency, I want to say this. Uh, there, are, uh, there are reports that the Vikings are clearing house and doing everything they can to go after Kirk Cousins. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. This is smart. This is fantastic. This is what the Vikings should do. And if I'm Kirk Cousins, I want to go for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins makes the Vikings a Super Bowl favorite. This puts them over the top. This is incredible. This is smart. I want to see this. There's a rumor around Kirk Cousins that his next contract will probably make him the highest paid quarterback in NFL history because of the Jimmy Garoppolo deal. And we see every quarterback's deal is escalating the next. If I'm Kirk Cousins, I will take a pay cut To pay, to play in Minnesota. I want to win a Super Bowl. If I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm saying, look, I want to be a part of this roster. I want to be able to get one more good starter on free agency. Let's make this happen. I want to win a Super Bowl. That is what Kirk Cousins could do with the Minnesota Vikings. It'd be unbelievable. I mean, Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback available, both in free agency and in the draft. It's not even close. And you look at who Minnesota's giving up. Minnesota's giving up Sam Bradford, who struggled with injuries. He's a better passer. Kirk Cousins is a better passer than Case Keenum. And Kirk Cousins seems more capable of winning than Teddy Bridgewater. Look, Kirk Cousins to the Vikings would be a home run. I really hope it happens. And I believe if Kirk Cousins goes to the Vikings, they are instantly a favorite to win the Super Bowl, all <clears throat> right, you 49ers fans. This is what you've been waiting for. I'm gonna drink a, another gross drink of this disgusting Alka seltzer. Oh, uh, <coughs> it gets worse, it gets worse every time. It's never better, it's terrible. Let's <clears> talk <throat> about the 49ers free agency. The 49ers have a big need, they have a need for a corner. And they have a need for an edge rusher. And recently, two big 49ers targets in free agency were taken off the board. The Lions franchise tagged Ezekiel Ansah, which is kind of disappointing. I wanted to see him go to the 49ers. And Vontae Davis signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. Here's why Vontae Davis did this. What I believe is what's happening was Vontae Davis wanted more money than teams were offering him. Remember, he's coming off an injury. People were concerned they weren't offering him probably a lot of money. So I believe Vontae Davis took a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills to try and prove himself so he could redeem his appearance and get a bigger contract the next season. I think that's why Vontae Davis signed with the Bills. So again, the 49ers have two big needs on defense. They need an edge rusher slash linebacker, and they need a corner. I think what you do is you find a corner in free agency and you find that edge rusher linebacker type in the draft. I think you draft either Tremaine Edmonds or Roquan Smith. But what I think is more interesting is which corner do the 49ers go after because there are a number of options that the 49ers could make as targets. Here, here are the options I like. There's Aaron Colvin, Patrick Robertson, uh, Robinson, Kyle Fuller, Malcolm Butler, and Trumaine Johnson, the former corner of the Los Angeles Rams. So which guy is the best? Who is the best fit for the 49ers? Now to explain this, I think you need to explain two things. There are two things everybody should know before we make this decision. So scheme matters. The 49ers, Shifted defensive schemes when Kyle Shanahan was hired to be the new head coach. They changed their defensive scheme to more closely resemble the Seattle Seahawks. We'll see a lot of two-man. We see a lot of cover four. Physical play, one-on-one coverage. There's a guy named uh, Akello Witherspoon. He excelled very well in this defense. He had a a, a promising young uh, season last year. He's 22 years old. A lot of promise. He's big 6'3". We like him. If you're a 49ers fan, he adopted this kind of. He's perfect for this defense. He's a good corner, a big six three corner. He's great in this kind of defensive scheme. I mean, we there was a play. Uh, I, I remember watching. I was watching tape last night. Actually, uh, I was trying to watch. Um, who was I watching? The the guy from the. I think it's Allen, not Allen Robinson. Um, I was trying to watch Aaron Colvin last night, and I was I watched the 49ers and the Jaguars. <laughs> Akello Witherspoon had a great pick against the Jaguars. Okay, here, here's scheme matters. Namdi Awesomewah. Do you remember that name? Namdi Awesomewa was an all pro corner for the Raiders. And he, he dominated with the Raiders. Akello oh sorry, Namdi Awesomewa played great man coverage with the Raiders. I remember this happening. And what he did was he went from the Raiders to the Eagles. He signed a sixty million dollar deal with the Eagles. But the reason why Namdi Awesomewah didn't work with the Eagles when he was so great with the Raiders. With the Raiders, he played man coverage. In the new scheme, the Eagles had Namdi Awesome run, he had to do he had to run a lot more zone coverage. And didn't work. So the 49ers need to find a guy who fits into their scheme. A guy like Akello Witherspoon. Akello Witherspoon, good fit for the 49ers. We need to find another guy like him. Another thing you need to understand when you look into who the 49ers to draft, you need to understand what a nickel defender means. A nickel corner is a guy who does not play every snap. A nickel corner comes in when an offense brings in more receivers. This guy's better at coverage. He's not as good at tackling. You know how I know that? If he was great at tackling, they would use him on every single down. So you have nickel corners and you have an outside corner. So this immediately makes us take... Patrick Robinson, and Aaron Colvin off the board. Both of them are nickel corners, which means they're looking to prove themselves as full-time outside corners. They're not as physical, and if I'm, if I'm the 49ers, I don't want Aaron Colvin or Patrick Robinson when I can get other people who are better at the position, better and used to tackling, and better at playing in a scheme like that. So that leaves you with Kyle Fuller, Malcolm Butler, and Trumane Johnson. The Tremaine Johnson is the best of all of the corners listed. Tremaine Johnson's incredible. But he's also the most expensive. So I think Malcolm Butler's the guy you go after. Malcolm Butler is the second most expensive, and he's more physical. Now, Tremaine Johnson's 28. Malcolm Butler's 27. Kyle Fuller's 26. They're all about the same age. And Kyle Fuller's also a good player. He's from the Chicago Bears. He's a good player. He can start. But if I'm the 49ers, my number one target is Malcolm Butler. He's, he's the most physical of all the corners I've listed. He's moderately expensive. He's not as expensive as Tremaine Johnson. I like Malcolm Butler. My second target would be, again, Tremaine Johnson. He's a great cover corner, but he's the most expensive. And Kyle Fuller is a great corner. Good, not great, but he's a starter. You bring in Kyle Fuller. Now, the problem with Kyle Fuller, he does not... Fit the scheme the 49ers run as well. I think Malcolm Butler's a better fit, and I think Tremaine Johnson's a better fit. But Kyle Fuller is another guy you could target in free agency that could come in and start for the 49ers. I think it's so funny, man. People keep coming up to me and saying, Did you see what happened in baseball last night? See the Mariners' huge win last night in spring training? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, who cares? Why are you making this a big deal? It doesn't matter. I mean, Russell Wilson, the Seahawks' starting quarterback, is playing baseball right now for the Yankees. As long as Russell Wilson's playing baseball, baseball's not serious. It doesn't matter. It's funny, man. People keep saying, do you see this big story in baseball? It doesn't. It's preseason. It doesn't matter. Relax. Go away. There, there's one story in baseball right now I think is even worth talking about. <laughs> I think it's funny. You know, baseball is always always getting in its own way. Now Ronald Acuna is a prospect for the Atlanta Braves. He wears his hat well he wears his hat like this. this is how this is how the guy wears his hat. I'm gonna wear it the rest of the segment. Um, the Braves want Ronald to wear his hat straighter more professionally like this. I look stupid I don't I don't wear hats like this but the guy wants to wear his hat like this I see no problem with it no no I will say. The Braves do pay Ronald Acuna's bills. Fine. Understandably. They can tell him how to wear his hat. I mean, they're, they're, they're his boss. They're in charge of him. But I think this is absolute silliness. Ronald Acuna should be able to wear his hat however he wants. Baseball needs more personality. Something to grab my interest. There's a guy you might have heard of. His name is... Ken Griffey Jr., yeah, probably rings a bell. Yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. wore his hat backwards. Ken Griffey Jr. got famous this way. This was a big deal to people that watched baseball in the 90s. I mean, this drummed up all kinds of interest. The way that Ken Griffey Jr. wore his hat was a big deal. It was actually good for baseball. And this is why baseball needs to relax some of the ways it operates. It's okay if guys are a little less professional. I don't want you to be Odell Beckham Jr., Relax. Let guys have some fun. That's all I have for today. That's that's my show. I'm gonna pose for the camera. Uh that's my show. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my shorter, best, most interesting clips. My god, guys, I am so sick. Ugh, it's not fun. I have a headache, I have a raging headache, I've pounded water all day need a beer i don't know uh you can please help me grow strong opinion sports by telling your friends about this podcast if you like this podcast as much as i do tell your friends about strong opinion sports share it on facebook on twitter on instagram whatever it is tell your friends about strong opinion sports and help me grow this podcast my name is zach schaumler thank you so very much for tuning in i appreciate you guys i love you guys but i'm bum bam we're done